Please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostand.substack.com. Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. We have to talk about so, so many fantastic albums that came out this year in the worlds of C-pop, C-rock, J-pop, J-rock, K-pop, K-rock, etc. So I'm really going to keep it pretty fast. So get your pen and paper ready if you really want to make sure you note what to revisit later. That will be a new-to-you favorite. I have officially chosen who's in the top 100. It was really hard, but I finally did it. And I even already picked who's in tier 1, 2, 3, 4. So I can tell you that, what grouping they're in. But I haven't specifically finished ranking them individually. So for example, I can say this album made it into tier C, which ranges between number 51 and 75, but I haven't picked which number between 51 and 75 in that grouping it is ranked as. Hopefully that makes sense. So that's how I will talk about each. So you find out what group they're in, but not yet how they're ranked. That will come at 17karatkpop.substack.com very soon. So subscribe to see the final ranking when it's official. One last thing, keep in mind that to be eligible as an album for the sake of my ranking, it has to have three or more tracks. There's so much gray area about, is it a mini album? Is it an EP? Is it a full album? Sometimes it's weird how we count that. So just to do away with worrying about that, all of this is eligible and counts as an album. It just has to have three or more tracks. So no singles that just come with a B-side. Doesn't count. With all that out of the way, strap in, get ready for a ride. I have so much to gush about. We're going to start with tier 4, which has numbers 76 through 100 in the top 100 ranking. Nogizaka 46 with Actually. This girl group has over 40 members, so it's kind of like listening to a choir performance, but they know how to make the harmonizing work as opposed to be like an elementary choir performance. It's not like that. Still very catchy, and it's always impressive to fit that many voices into a piece. Kumikoda, Heart, a very versatile album, a perfect pop ballad, Anemone, the hip-hop R&B-inspired Bow Wow, some already jams like Good Time, the Latin-inspired Red, so versatile, so good. Wanho, Facade, which finds an interesting way to pair his classic confident sound with a more timid, vulnerable side. Nissi, Hocus Pocus 3, So much pop perfection. He just sings in a carefree way, sometimes with some theatrical flourishes, like for Trippin', which is a standout single. P1 Harmony, Disharmony, Find Out. They continue to pair important commentary about taking risks, having courage, not taking life too seriously, going for it. Important lessons, but they don't say it in patronizing ways. And they make learning those life lessons fun with their hip-hop-rooted sound. Girl Squared. We are Girl Squared. They're a great girl group if you're a fan of K-pop girl groups and really want to get into J-pop girl groups. They're a great entry point. They have a Fremis 9, We Go era vibe. And the happy vibes change between happy movie credits vibes and happy party vibes. Either way, lovely. Schumann, brand new. This album makes no secret of its 90s and early aughts inspo. I love the new Jack Swing sound. There's a retro ballad. What's not to love? A perfect throwback. Omega X, story written in music. This has a lot of summer fun, lots of cute childlike, and inner child is flourishing across these songs, but they also have sentimental ballads. B.I., Lover Loved, Part 1. A great continuation of the first single that dropped, BTBT, with that dance hall vibe that he does so well. He mixes his singing and rapping and shows his dynamism as a solo artist. AB6, Take a Chance. So much fun. They add very cute, playful details to all kinds of pop tracks. Very just fun and sweet, hence the title track, Sugarcoat. One Us, Malus. 
They kick things off with an eerie intro, then a rumination on a relationship with a, an unexpectedly happy instrumental compared to the lyrics, a reggae rhythm, but inner angst that is fully unleashed on the next track, Stupid Love, which is a cool new direction for them. Pixie Reborn they continue to solidify their own little niche in the K-pop rock space. They pair sultry voices with bouncy pop bops. They have interesting tempo and spatial changes to their work on songs like Deja Vu. Swan Song is a rock gem. Very good. Really high quality work. Huda, boom. He spent a full year working on producing, writing, and recording this. This has his name all over it, well, literally, but also figuratively. And he decided it was worth the wait. In K-pop years, preparing a release for a year in advance is kind of a huge deal. It's kind of a risk. The industry can move on fast and leave you behind. But in this case, pay attention. He shows off a lot of versatility, rapping and singing in a bunch of different styles. Itzy, Checkmate. They continue to find sonically new-to-them ways to get across their classic messages of empowering, knowing your worth, self-respect, all that good stuff. Very sassy lyrics as always, and lots of fun instrumentals. Lucy, Childhood. The song mixes melancholy, more mellow moments with more stirring, passionate ones to tell an interesting narrative that at the end of the day is about childhood, reflecting on it in a way that does not gloss over the highs or the lows. TO1, Why Not? These songs are very energetic and remind you why this group has really overcome roadblock after roadblock and stayed a group. They really show their artistry, their teamwork. They just have a special energy together, really that shines with that funk pop drumming. That was such a great comeback for them. Here I Die, Hope Slash Wish. This album is full of high energy pop, but also a lot of mellow tracks, all very optimistic. It's a healing, happy album. There's some folksy stuff, some fun moments with a quirky animated voice joining his, like a CGI character or something. Fun vocal distortions. It's a very playful, summertime vibe. 9i, I part 1. They really exceed expectations. Really, I was so impressed by their growth as a group. This one put them on the map for me. The songs are full of nostalgia, hope, they're light and fun, but they also do well with some pop punk, like on Loner. PH1, but for now, leave me alone. This album fits into several different categories at the same time. Hip-hop slash R&B focus, more of a leisurely meandering in an interesting way nature of other songs. And then songs with more of a steady percussion. He's very improv-esque on some of it. But it all comes together in the end in an interesting way. Luli Lee, Fade Away Like a Dream compelling start with an industrial rock intro and then the album itself has this interesting dreamy haze over it echoey voices an interesting filter to it but still lots of variation and it ends like you're emerging out of the haze with a very fun light danceable track speaking of dreamy haze soul s-o-l-e with imagine club really great r&b work it's a smooth, fun experience to listen to in full. It's a fun, quirky look into her imagination. Kepler, First Impact. What a Duh really raised the bar for debut singles. Was so popular and beloved all year long for a reason. What a rookie powerhouse they proved to be with that. The whole album is a mix of house music, bubblegum pop inspiration, there's a ballad, half of it is old from their time on a reality show, half is brand new, so it's a nice mix of treats for fans who have been rooting for them since pre-debut, and a treat for brand new listeners. Again, especially because of Wadada, which was just such a fun cute note to start the year in K-pop on. Amazing show, Lovers, Folks, Tales. This mandopop group proves they have a lot of variation in their skills, lots of different strong suits. They make use of every second of just three songs to really solidify in your mind why you should be a fan. They start out with a song that's got more of a soulful but also peppy sound. Folks then is a more electronic turn, and then they also go further electronic, further raise the tempo for the grand finale, my favorite, Tales. B first, B1. Variety is the name of the game. 
electro stuff, pop, rock, so many different sounds merge together in unexpected ways. They are a particularly good group if you like K-pop and K-rock groups, J-pop and J-rock groups. They're for boy band fans of all kinds. Kihyun Youth Kihyun, in a very mellifluous voice, says some very profound stuff with lyrics talking about an exploring, turning over in his head, his changing views of love. So he gives room across these emotional songs to reflect on both his previous inner child and more pure view of love, and now his more cynical one that has come with age. It's a very relatable story told with a voice so beautiful who can relate to having that voice. Now we enter the C tier, which will be ranked 51 to 75. Eric Nam, there and back again. He found ways to package a bunch of messy, complex emotions into very fun, light, dance-ready, sad songs. The kind of cry dance songs, or cry sway along to it anyway. Cry foot tap songs, cry not along songs. You're bopping to sad music. He found ways to, in a honey-voiced way, deliver stories of both personal experience and universal relatability. L-E-I-L-L Palette This album is aptly titled because it does show a full-color palette of her musical preferences and influences. So sometimes she's going down a hip-hop or alternative rock-ish route, and other times she's back in her classic, what I think she does best, doo-wop territory. Yoshiki Izaki, I Love Me. A frickin' adrenaline jolt, start to finish. It's so fast-paced, it's a great fusion of rap, hip-hop, electro-pop. It is a very, very fun whirlwind. Han Soon Yoon, Lavender. There are smooth synth and acoustic blends, like on Moon Driver. More stripped-back songs, but others have a synth layer. It's all kind of a, just a smooth, mid-tempo vibe. It's a very nice, cohesive, short but sweet release. Taeyeon, I envy you. Letter I, letter N, letter V, letter U. I just love a clever, punny title, first of all. But also the lyrics are more profound than ever. She's clearly very introspective and grown-up now. And the stories she talks about are really just profound in their multitudes. She really unpacks emotions without rushing doing so. Really, it's a lot of diary entry style, poetic processing. Similar appeal for Nabalera by Hyena, which means basically fly like a butterfly, spread your wings. And it's an album full of her classic confidence, her telling herself to not care what others think and feel free to do what she wants no matter what. But in some moments on the album, she admits to self-doubt, but in a classic Hyuna way where she talks back. So like if she's talking in the mirror, like you stink, she also then responds, no, I don't. Shut up. (laughs) So she really talks to herself in ways good and bad. And at the end of the day, her confident star shines. Also gotta love a red and bubble pop era reference in that title track. Alexandros. But wait, cats? This is a great soundtrack for a fun, kind of muffled house party. Very interesting, rapid pace and atmosphere it sets. It has this very odd, ambiguous lyric video for its main single, We Are Still Kids and Stray Cats, which matches the very original mood you'll feel with the whole listening experience. Joe Yuri, Why Waltz in Major. This is a great album, well, first of all, to appreciate her sweet, delicate voice, but second, to process a breakup and you can take a song from this album and apply it to whatever post-breakup mood suits you. You feeling free as a bird after a breakup? Whistle along to roller skates. Wanna wallow in your tears? Go to this time. Wanna just feel confident and sassy? Try L-O-V-E. Shh. It's really cool that the album has one central theme, but also so many different ways you can personalize your memories associated with the album. Chunha, Bare and Rare, Part 1. She has so much variety on here. Dramatic, sultry songs, dreamy synth pop, super personal solar songs like An Ode to Her Mom. It's sweet, it's sassy, it's Chunha. Yuha, Love You More. Such a cool voice that matches the sultry single, Last Dance, so well. 
But throughout, she shows this dexterity with her voice sometimes going kind of in a rap direction, talk singing a bit. Other times she's more just letting her voice linger. She knows how to use her voice in unexpected, compelling ways. Nana Oying, Live Today. This primarily acoustic album really is interesting in how it pays attention to spatial details. So you don't just hear a song about night. You hear bedsheets rustling, for example. Or in the morning, you hear birds chirping. So the album gets you through, as the title would suggest, one day in the life. You hear the sounds of a day as the story progresses. It's a very cool concept album. The Rose, Heal. They really changed things up for their rebirth as a group, and they really own this soft rock pivot. Understated, simple instrumentals compared to previous releases, but they've one-upped themselves in terms of the lyrics. They get really deep and open and raw in these songs. And my favorite detail is the fact they made Sour a single. It's a special nod to the candy metaphor they released early in their career back in 2018. So they have other touches throughout the album that are subtle little tributes to former The Rose that they've decided to embrace, but also move on from. But they don't forget where they came from. Woods, Colorful Trauma An emo breakup album and so much more, pop punk perfectly suits him, and a standout is Hijack. Mamamoo, Mike On. Love that with Alayla, they go back to the egotistic era sound that I think they thrive the most with. And each track does have fun, special little references tucked in there. Nods to their past song titles, their past eras. So this is a release longtime fans will be super grateful for. Lee Chang-hyuk, Error. This is a really interesting concept album with a very retro synth-heavy sound. And he goes from, in the first few songs, bidding farewell to old Chang-hyuk to being reborn, coming alive again. A new Chang-hyuk is born. And then he ends with a funeral, so the album is like a cyclical circle of life. Ill Boy, Meantime. This album really meanders. It wanders in interesting ways. It really is just very alternative. It's alternative alternative music. That's the genre. And there are really fun, creative details. The ways the songs play off of each other. Really unexpected. Like you'll hear two songs. One song that's played forwards in its partner's song is the song played backwards. Twice between one and two. This album continues their super organic growth. They talk about relationships in a more mature way, and they are more hands-on, writing and composing now, but they're also classic, sweet, youthful, bubblegum pop enthusiasts twice, and I love that stuff. Lisa Lander. This anime rock slash pop rock, I guess you could say, album is a cool scrapbook and timestamp to celebrate her career anniversary and all of her milestones so far. It compiles OSTs, pre-releases, and brand new songs that reflect on and represent effectively past, present, and a bit of future Lisa. This is her essence, and to end with New Me and call this album Lander, it's exciting. It symbolizes this fresh start, like she's fully changing and landing on a new planet in her next era. Yerin Aria This former G-Friend member really strikes a chord on her own. A beautiful piano intro leads into a very sweet, high-pitched series of tracks where she sings about self-love and becoming her own main character in her own life. She sings about taking risks, falling in love, and she uses some interesting metaphors while doing so. It embodies the joy and wonder that can come with love of any kind. Kane Daniel, The Story. The way he's talked about this release in interviews has been really interesting, where he describes his color trilogy of albums as him telling his story as the main character. Now this album, The Story, is him as more of an omniscient narrator. Now it's the fan's turn. It's the audience's turn. Here's a template to share your stories. I've opened up, I've given you advice, direction, your turn to step into your full potential. The overarching message that guides this album's sub-messages is super interesting. Red Velvet, the Reve Festival 2022 birthday. 
Although I found there are mixes of classical music and other quirky details, mixed with trap beats and other more modern touches. Though I found those mixtures to be great on here, I do think they were better and more eccentric touches for Feel My Rhythm. Birthday as a follow-up is fine, not as good, but they still continue to have so much attitude and angelic vocals in the same songs. Real, R-E-O-L, Colored Disc. This three-track release is so fast. It's hyper-pop at its best. It's electro-pop at its best. J-pop at its best. Especially the last track, Parade of Flocking Emotion, which sounds like a freaking alien invasion. It's very bizarre in the best way. P1 Harmony. Harmony set in. I found this one to be a stronger release about showing off how they're going to stay true to their hip-hop-rooted sound, but also dabble a bit, and that they're going to continue to find fresh ways to share their messages about actually we're stronger together, and you don't have to sacrifice embracing individuality for being stronger together, not mutually exclusive goals. They have a cute, wholesome outlook paired with some fierce, confident sounds. Canto, Celebration. Listening to this one is like you are eavesdropping a fly on the wall at a party for all the house parties' ups and downs. So you hear the fun, ecstatic moments, the super goofy moments, like the helium voices paired with the deep ones, old school hip-hop vibes, you hear the music downstairs, You also hear jazzy touches in the more quiet, mellowed out moments of the party. Things really get going when the choir shows up. Look, it's a very quirky party soundtrack. It's quite a movie. And then there is literally blood that ends the album. So it takes a weird horror movie-esque pivot at the end. Not a happy ending, but quite an adventure. A very you-had-to-be-there party. Kim Woo-sook, Third Desire, Reve. He shows off quite a range, from slow-tempo R&B to just some synth-pop, easy listening, a Latin melody and ghosting, and this title track is definitely his best yet. Switch impressed me with its extent. It does not rush itself. It has a drawn-out, detailed, and pleasant pre-chorus, post-chorus, etc. It is a cute, unrushed jam. One of his best to date. We now enter the B tier, which will be ranked between 50 and 26. Red Velvet, The Reve Festival, 2022, Feel My Rhythm. Like I said, classical samples paired with trap beats, high-pitched voices paired with bold instrumentals, sassy lyrics paired with sugary bops. They always go for interesting extremes and pair them together. Red Velvet really excel with creating that distinct combination. Millet, walking in my lane. She has such a chameleonic voice that really, she knows how to wield her voice for the maximum possible impact. The instruments seem to operate at her beck and call, pulling back when her voice needs to take you to church, or coming forward when her voice recedes. The movement in her albums is really cool. The way certain instruments give a boost to, draw attention to, certain syllables, certain phrases, just really artful. Sonic journeys, every one of them. My favorite part is probably the mischievous, ominous whisper when she sings Christmas is Coming. Maria moments. Nonstop J-pop gems with a single that was a good call because if you're not used to the faster pace of J-pop, Think Over is a bit more the typical speed and it does have shades of blinding lights by the weekend. Lots of great synth jams but also moments of anime rock flourishing and dance pop. Nayeon M. Nayeon Exciting collaborations, exciting chances to hear a moodier, more mature side to her, exciting chances to get more just bubblegum pop bops. Nayeon did it all. Really great for a solo debut to show off her many sides and just prove she has superstar potential, even just solo. She fills the stage. Zico, grown a kid. He is so much braggadocio. Funky trap in alternative sounds, alt R&B sounds. The best, I think, is Nocturnal Animals with Zior Park, because their voices are just ridiculously unique and irreplaceable. E.T.'s The World, Episode 1, Movement. 
Sonically, they draw some clear lines to past eras, like how Dear Diary references July 29th, which is the release date of the album. They also make sure to draw a sonic line between Outro Long Journey and a new song, Sector One. This organic story development is impressive. And they really go for screaming and just a grittier, more rock sound than ever. They also have a lot of commentary, the words they repeat in propaganda, being a big example. Their albums are not just songs, but they're like stories, they're big events. You're watching a movement unfold. Perfume Plasma They have J-pop longevity and global appeal for a reason. More pristine, experimental J-pop, full-on EDM moments, mixed with more of a jovial guitar-based number, a city-pop vibe. They continue to be effortlessly excellent at so many genres. Dust Cell, Hypnotize. Control chaos in the best way. Dizzying to listen to. So fast, so cool. Electropop at its best. Lots of just frenetic instrumentals in the best way. It's like an energy drink in album form. Purple Kiss, Geeky Land. Really interesting, unique voices that shine once again on this very quirky release that starts with a typical mystical intro. And remember what I said before, my brother got into K-pop more than ever thanks to Purple Kiss. They really are special. Novelcore, No Pressure. Truly, one of my favorite songs of the year is on this album. It's such a good foot-tapping, jovial time. Imaginative Fantasista is everything. So fun, so feel-good, but the whole album is very one-of-a-kind. His voice is one-of-a-kind, the instrumentals are one-of-a-kind. Whatever you're expecting is not what you get, and that proves to be a good thing. Kihyun, Voyager this was such a strong, solid debut. Across just three tracks, he covered so many facets of love with different metaphors and different strong suits in his voice brought out. Different cadences, different volumes, feelings, and he found ways to show off that his voice is good at any of those formats. He also finds creative ways to use a comma metaphor and then later an umbrella metaphor on Rain, which is just one of the best songs of the year. Such a powerhouse ballad. Solar Face. The album covers some heavy subjects about self-worth, finding beauty in uniqueness, but in a very light and fun way. Fun tongue-in-cheek lyrics about embracing who you are. A lot of fun, good-intentioned sass in a way. Lots of personality, with the sun all about, everyone's fresh-faced self is beautiful. Fakey, F. This is what girl group dreams are made of. Really fun celebratory, brassy stuff, full-on EDM moments, fun just girls' night out playlist editions. It is just a pop powerhouse of an album. So much fun. Trident, DX. This rock album is quite a romp through a bunch of interesting sounds, especially with Discord. That will make you think, what the heck? It's catchy, but what's going on? Very interesting structure that just combines so much at once, so much thrown at you, everything but the kitchen sink approach. It doesn't work for everyone, but I think it works for them. Very just in your face and headbang worthy. One okay rock, luxury disease. This stays in familiar sonic territory for them, but they seem to have a new level of playfulness, not as serious as they used to be, more of a theatrical quality to some over-the-top flourishes. They bring the drama in an interesting, self-aware way. Him Family, In the Name of the Moon this compilation brings together so many beautiful vocalists and really rich instrumentals, layered work, very full, satisfying listens. Dreamcatcher, Apocalypse, Follow Us. An interesting sonic journey. They go from an intense techno intro in the new metal track to some alt rock, then a softer second half. In a ballad, then the outro is gentle, more mystical, like you go through this turbulent time and the relative peace on the other side. Their message is brought home through just the perfect tracklist order. Boa, forgive me. A pop-punk princess, if I ever declared someone one. Such a triumphant return. The title track is stellar. 
the dark bass, the rap verses, the attitude, all 10 out of 10. And she mixes high tempos and low tempos, moodier and sassier moments, but overall makes this release just feel like no time has passed since her last comeback. Asaki, spelled 4S4KI, Killer in Neverland. A hyperpop dream of an album with a really interesting electronification of her voice that creates this futuristic, immersive atmosphere. And so you listen to songs that pull you into weird settings from unsettling haunted house type feelings or, I don't know, seance type cemetery moments to just more of a you're inserted into an action movie vibe, but it's all very immersive. P1 Harmony, Harmony, Zero In. Their best of the year. Quite an array of vibes and messages. It's just doing what they've done best all year, bringing their signature hip-hop sound to messages of optimism, perseverance, friendship, all that good stuff. And I think they did it best on this one, not just because that's their best title track this year, Doom to Doom, but because this release has the most variety in its instrumentals. RM, Indigo. I have so much to say about this on an upcoming episode, so stay tuned. It may not be till January, but it is coming. We will discuss this album at length and also on my Substack. For now, I'll just say really, really profound. The lyrics, the ways he just talks about the stories behind what went into making this, the impact he hopes his music has, the metaphors he uses, the ways he cherishes language and shows his appreciation for words and music and art. And he's just him at his best, his most passionate, his most authentic. And the album is just so RM. And I love that. I love this for him. And and we will have much more to talk about soon. Max Chainman, Devil. His vocals alone could command a room. So powerful, his voice is all you need to feel like you ought to stay and listen more. But the quirky visuals that come with these singles just make this release even better. They're just the nice finishing touches. Craxy, Who Am I? They've really, really outdone themselves this year, really impressed by their growth. This is their best work yet, no contest. They start off in the intro with this inner monologue of sorts, questioning where to go next in their life. Then they decide to figure it out by kind of spying on other people, studying people. As undercover goddesses, they explore the recesses of their minds while trying to pose in this detached observer role. But then they can't take it anymore. They unleash, unmask who they are on Lion and other songs where they declare, we are queens. So it gets very confident after an initial insecurity. Extenary Heroes, Hello World. Great way to solidify their intro, who they are. Hello world, it's us, dabbling in a bunch of different rock influences for a one-of-a-kind release with zero skips. They are really good at this. Luna, summer special, flip that. A delightful summer treat, a cute little auditory journey into the Lunaverse, the magical place where we sing about togetherness lighting our path, the key to our happy little alternate world, being each other, all that cute stuff, adorable lyrics about like a universe full of sparkles, and sweet, very deep lyrics on, like, Pale Blue Dot, which is referencing a book, actually, and this term now that embodies, it's come to embody the sense of how relatively small our place in the solar system is. Earth is just a pale blue dot. And while that can be demoralizing and upsetting, they view it in the way others take comfort in it. Knowing that in the grand scheme of things, things will work out okay. They're not as bad as you think. It's not the end of the world. Even if it was the end of the world, we just established your world is very small. So in the grand picture of life, the bad stuff you work up in your head is a big deal or not. It's an interesting perspective shift. So in very cute packaging, they sing about some deep stuff and what it means to create this alternate universe to escape into. We now enter numbers 1 through 25, the A tier. Epic High, Epic High is Here, Part 2. 
really flexing their lyricism here. They go from so many cheeky comments to more profound ones. The lyrical dexterity on full display. They range from so many puns to so many really thought-provoking inner monologues. They mix humor with hindsight. NCT Dream, Glitch Mode, Slash Beatbox, The Repackage, an eclectic mixture that follows what I call the NCT formula, pairing so many unexpected sounds, layers, details, all together in these weird jumbles that should sound messy but somehow never do. Concoctions that shouldn't work, but they pull it off. And that full cornucopia of sound is very much present here. As it is always with stray kids, like on Ordinary, which is all about remembering, hey, it's ordinary to feel a bit odd. Love that message. The Ordinary episode of this show actually really dove into the meaning of it and how it actually ties in quite cleverly to their previous albums. They keep up the similar theme in Maxident that I think is even better than Ordinary. It really one-ups themselves. Raps are tighter than ever, the merging of percussion with EDM and guitar, tighter than ever, the ad-libs are quirkier than ever, and still as abundant as ever. Very, very fun, full collection. And they find a unique way to take a super cliche concept, crushing on someone, and make it their own. That takes skill. Dreamcatcher, Apocalypse, Save Us. I found this to be better than Apocalypse Follow Us because it had the solo tracks, which really impressed me. So there were the pop-punk solos, there were the synth-heavy stuff, the ballads. The solo tracks really helped them expand their musical portfolio. And it was just about time each member got to shine on a solo. Key, Gasoline. Dance club bangers nonstop. So good, so danceable, so quirky, such a unique aesthetic that goes with his music video. It's just a very unique combination of things. And is kind of similar sonically to Bad Love, which I love so much. That retro futuristic thing he's got going on, just perfect for him. G Idol, I love which, as I wrote about in an essay on Substack, really builds on the themes in I Never Die in interesting ways. Because I Never Die tells stories about coming into oneself and finding your confidence. I Love turns the lens outwards to criticize a society that made it so hard to go on this journey of self-love in the first place. So I Never Die was about self-actualization in a way. I Love is about the greater society and how to find your place in it despite the ways that is made harder because of restrictive beauty standards, things like that. It's full of social commentary, yet they also call it I Love. Like, we're going to take this in a positive direction and put good energy into an unforgiving world really just adds to their three-dimensionality. I also have I Never Die in the top 25. Really had beautiful moments like on Already and Polaroid to show off their voices just to an unprecedented extent just looking at their discography before this year. And Tomboy became an anthem. Just it should be a historic K-pop anthem. Truly so well done. Lexi Liu, The Happy Star. Intoxicating dance pop like on Magician. Eastern and Western sounds collide. She clearly doesn't care about trends, doesn't care about what is expected to be palatable to a certain audience. She just merges worlds of music and she just adds a unique twist to those combinations. Iraqi idea. It's quite a wild ride, really, really fast at times. So much quirky controlled chaos again. I guess the theme of my playlist this year was Controlled Chaos. Quite a spectacle. Every song just shows off his notes you didn't expect to go that high. Like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Cartoonish moments that are like, whoa, I didn't see that coming either. Plus it has a very punk disc too, which is a fun addition. It's rock, it's EDM, and it's a voice that refuses to be ignored. It's really something. He just delivers 110% of the necessary effort, and I love it. J-Hope, Jack in the Box. Honestly, the more I think about it, and the more time passes, the more I feel like this album was so perfectly created, aesthetically. Like, it really perfectly, tonally actually works for him. 
jack-in-the-box, that phrase, that packaging, that message that applies to Pandora's box, that applies to whimsy and youthfulness and sunshiny J-Hope, that applies to some sinister surprise horror movie style in the box. It's just such a perfect way to coin the term for this era. And again, the more I hear it, the more it feels right for him. Took some time to grow on me, because it's hard to picture him and take him seriously in this new grimy, gritty sound. But he has this message with this album like, look, just trust me. I have a lot packed into the box you have not seen unwrapped yet. And he really showed a side to him that feels more authentic with time. It is aging so well. Very impressive. Blackpink, Born Pink. Still too short, they still deserve to release, like, a 20-song deluxe album, but we'll take what we can get, and at least they make the most of every second. Different types of love they explore, from innocent young love to trying to seduce someone and being super flirty. They also have a more broad sonic range than ever, so lyrically and sonically, definitely new and improved Blackpink. My favorite detail, though, is to remind you that Shutdown incorporates a bit from a violinist, Paganini, who is someone Franz Liszt looked up to and tried to copy. Franz Liszt is the reason for the word listomania. So before being a stan was a thing, you were considered to be like a listomaniac, the avid fan base. Paying an indirect tribute with that violin sample to the OG fan base creator. Really nice detail. Bandmade Unleash. This J-Rock group has always really interested me because they have this made image, this frilly bow-filled, ruffle-filled aesthetic, but their sound is so metal, so intense, so much screaming, and they do it again with Unleash. What do they sing about? See, look at our nice presentable nature. We're winning, right? While they're singing in a kind of a sarcastic way about how they're secretly suffering and don't want to be like this. It's a way of merging narratives of, okay, we'll play society's game and we're subtly actually rejecting that game more than you think. Really profound lyrics, deep meaning that you really got to stop and appreciate because the songs itself are really fast. To slow down and see and interpret it in a new way and get that depth, understand it's there, you have to actively do so. So it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure listening experience. Do you want headbangers? Do you want profound reflection? I guess it depends on the day. You can choose how to consume this album. NCT 127, Two Baddies. They continue to add so many quirky touches to their songs to make them stand out and make me feel like I'm in N-City. I hear the dogs barking, the whistles, the engines revving. They have all these fun details that make you feel like you've been swept up into this sonic world all its own. So immersive, so chock full. They've done it again. Monster X, Shape of Love. Lots of extra special touches to know if you're a mon bebe. You'll get the reference in, like, love you, he says life is flow, a nod to a previous song flow. Other moments just take this album from ordinary to extraordinary. That little extra appreciation kicks in when you pick up on the ways they continue the strong suits you've come to know and love. Juhani's raps, and the ways he and I am play off each other's raps. Kihyun's stellar high notes. All the strongest suits of each member returns. And Love is such a good title track that almost feels like an amalgamation of some of their previous title tracks. It's an interesting mix. Suho, Gray Suit. I wrote a whole essay on Substack, I will re-up soon, about this album because it is inspired by the novel Momo, which I detail in that essay. Really interesting choice interesting source material for an album full of interesting commentary. The connections to Momo are really leaving me in a lot of thought. And it's made next level with the juxtapositions. Like with Hurdle and Grey Suit, you've got the visual of dark and serious Grey Suit, and then totally goofy, colorful, over-the-top acting in Hurdle. BTS Proof Although this is largely a compilation of older songs, the curation was well done, and also the original tracks are really just high-quality songs, great additions. 
Run BTS, truly one of the best songs of the year, just such a genre hybrid that really just sums up in one song who BTS is, which is no easy feat, but somehow that song does it. It is praised extensively for a reason. And then there's the beautiful For Youth, which just shows off a more stripped side to their voices, a lot of empty space there to appreciate their voices sans distractions. And then yet to come, beautiful, bittersweet listening. They really just had us in our feelings for this whole album. Wagamama Rakia, Anks. Zero skips on this EP, an interesting electronic grunge combination. This J-Rock group with electropop touches is an interesting mix that forms a vibe all their own. Unexpected, but well done. Creative choices for the pacing, the movement in their songs, the directions they twist and turn. Really just eclectic headbangers. Millet Visions. Again, the beautiful, emotional, raw quality to her voice will never not astound me. She's truly one of my all-time favorites. I just love her so much. Her music is incredible. I wrote a whole essay about it because, oh my gosh, it's incredible. So much to it, she just knows how to command. And this album is so emotionally dense yet inviting. With lots of hills and valleys, ups and downs, it is so caring towards the nuanced complexities in emotions. It never waters down an expression of an emotion. It lets it rest in all its many heavy layers. She just respects emotions through her music. TXT, Minisode 2, Thursday's Child. This comeback is a full package deal that feels a little incomplete to talk about without talking about the video and each individual song and the promo content, which is just a testament to the full package being so impressive. They really very carefully laid out each detail, showing off this narrative skill. This release was crafted with so much thought and care to their story. And that's what always has made TXT stand out to me. The way they really aren't afraid to expose themselves, basically. Look at one facet of their life, visually, another sonically. Find different routes to explore different layers of the same story. Kind of like Millet's appeal. Like I said, they take emotions, analyze them, and don't strip away anything from them. They are really, really one of a kind. And hyphen, Manifesto Day One. Similarly to other hype artists like TXT, it's a whole package. The symbolism, the themes of the promo pictures, the videos, the album, it's all part of the same story. The narrations for the intro and outro, and paying attention to detail, like the way they say you stay in Pass the Mic three times. Each time they say in the video, you see their dance moves get a bit looser, more free and responsive. They also have lots of lyrical references here we talked about on the Manifesto-specific episode that tie back to their Shakespearean sources of inspiration. They tie together so many past and present components in their story into this album. Very impressive. Say, S-A-A-Y, cinema, with an S. This concept album must be listened to in order. It really is like a cinema, like a movie. It has the interesting soundscape of some sort of dramatic movie scene at the beginning. Other interesting intentional background noise choices make you feel like you're watching a movie and conversations in a movie. The interludes are like intermissions that change the vibe so you know which part of the performance is next. The hip-hop fierceness or the more romantic, quiet side of her. It's a play in several acts, and it is just a really fun movie to listen to. And like a good movie, you could probably hear new things, notice new things about it with every replay. Extenary Heroes, Overload. They took the distinct blend of rock influences on Hello World and turbocharged it, made it even 100 times better. Overload is truly phenomenal. No skips, really perfect crystallization of their one-of-a-kind aesthetic. Sonically, visually, they have such an interesting, spooky, punk, beat-of-your-own-drum, eclectic, outcast, hard-to-categorize, complex character arc. Their characters are very full of surprises and unexpected additions. 
their fun and spooky flair is back. And Christmas is, or Xmas rather, such a standout. One of the best B-sides all year. They are what I've been missing in my music library. Keep your eyes on them. Super Dragon, Force to Forth. A very one-of-a-kind tone opens the album, Welcome to My Hell, followed by some rapping, some rock, quite a variety pack, but the intro is what really impressed me, because it really pulled me in and had me listening all the way through. There is a bonus 101st pick that I have to say is one of my favorite albums this year. I put it as just a bonus because some people are going to well actually me and be all technical. And this album is not in Korean. It's not K-pop. It's from someone who's no longer in K-pop in that world at all. It's a very alternative style in a lane all its own, but it gripped me. It has what some people love so much about K-pop with the cinematic visuals, with the detailed storytelling, with the whole concept, the conceptual value, the value placed on conceptualizing. I just really want to shout this out and talk about it more. I wrote about it on my Substack for a reason. Really, really was just so striking. I just, what a fantastic experience to listen to this album. It's one of those you wish you could go back and listen to it the first time again. Because the experience is so stirring. Just personally affects you. Just resonates for a lot of reasons. DPR Ian's Mido. Mood Swings Into Order. I will re-up my essay about it on my substack because that says everything I had to say about it that is hard to condense here. And I've talked long enough, but wow, what a must-listen. And another release I've gone on about ad nauseum on previous episodes that will probably be my number one pick. You guessed it. Drumroll please anyway, though. 17, Sector 17, aka Face the Sun, after the repackage. They've done it again. Obviously, I'm super biased, but there are more objective reasons behind my subjective take. I do think music critic mindset on, they are really impressive. I know I can't really say that objectively, but I try. And I really think they are really just making very high quality work that is so experimental. It's so unchained. It's so them. And their unique form of star power continues to surprise me but stay super catchy and the way they brought it to life live on tour was so remarkable really performers for the ages a million different honorable mentions i could give maybe i'll give some on an upcoming episode but i think that's it for today thank you all so much for tuning in Again, stay tuned to my Substack, where I will have links to my essays about this stuff and my past writing about each, and I will talk to you again about more of my favorites this year very soon. Bye, everybody!